Remember Movie Pass? Gets us back around. Came back. But it did go out of business. The mistake the creators made seemed to me was, I guess, want nothing, and anyone would just cop them and do their own style of movie pass like what AMC did. But also, I think they thought memberships would be like gym memberships, where people would sign up, go once or twice, and then forget about it and leave the meter running. But that's not what happened, because going to the movies is very different than going to the gym. Turns out people who love movies want to go all the time. Especially if they already paid the membership fee. And one of these people who put MoviePass out of business is on the show today. Jen D'Angelo. Not only does she have a deep love for the movie-going experience, she's written movies herself. Most recently, Hocus Pocus 2. She's incredibly talented and funny, and I'm looking forward to getting her opinion on this week's Lost VHS Classic. We'll be right back with Jen. Mud sliders. Wow, I feel good. Like it kind of leaves you with a little bit of hope. Do you like the? Is this a genre you you're into at all? I do love a good disaster movie. Um, like I love a Roland Emmerich. I feel okay. Like, yeah, yeah. He kind of took it and ran with it. He really was just like, I am. This is me. This is my section of the industry. What's his biggest thing is Independence Day, right? Independence Day. Uh, did 2012? 2012, which I love. I mean, it's really bad. 2012 is the... Uh, did he also... Is that with Jake Gyllenhaal? That's the day, day after, after tomorrow. tomorrow. That's what I'm thinking of. The day they, after tomorrow they have is to, like, also outrun great. outrun the cold, cold weather. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wolves take over the library. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's great. So I, I, think the, I think disaster movies had their their golden era in the 70s with like the Poseidon Adventure and um, Towering Inferno. But and then, then again, it, in, like around 2006 when Poseidon was yeah, remade. I, I think like then, like the 90s, they kind of bubbled back up. And then in the late two, then 9-11, of course, happened. And everybody's like, maybe we should take a couple years off. Yeah, we're living it now. Mm, yeah. Let's just, yeah. We'll take it off for a couple of years. And then then like they were like, all right, I think enough. Let's all the ones we had in in the in the drawers. That we put away, let's dust those off and bring them back out. I kind of can't believe this is now the second time I'm talking about 9-11 today. <laughs> I, this is about the fourth time on the podcast 9-11 has come up. Wow. Mm, it's an it unofficial 9-11 podcast. It, it, it pretty much is. <laughs> That's great. Uh, there was this document, this Adam Curtis documentary, which he's this British filmmaker. He makes really good kind of socio-economic uh, documentaries. I can't remember the, what the the name of it was called hypernormalization and he got into our obsession with the kind of like Roland Emmerich he uses the independence day blow up the building um, as an example of like people almost willing disasters to happen yeah of like we just wanted like this like as a society we were preparing ourselves to like have buildings fall down that does sound really amazing i'm like yeah what is it in our psychology that just makes us obsessed with watching the world be destroyed kind of give a synopsis it's directed by ian dunn australian filmmaker um he was known for bluey it's like, which is the Australian word for redhead. Oh, I thought you were talking about the children's show. I was no, like, he made that children's show. No, Bluey? It's, it's called Bluey Bogan. <laughs> oh. And Bogan is like the Australian word for like white trash. And it's yeah. just like, 
kind of um, doofus who inherits a lot of money and moves to the big city. And so he made this screwball comedy, and this is his attempt at, like, a Hollywood movie. Oh, wow. And it's the same year Dante's Peak came out, the same year Volcano came out. And that's why I feel like I hadn't even heard of it. And so I feel like it just got buried. I mean, no pun intended. It got buried. Well, the, 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 of course, Dante's Peak is famous because it had to compete with Volcano to come out first in 1997. So they rushed both these movies. Mudsliders also had Mud Kids, which was about like a young group of like archaeologist kids, which they thought they were competing with. The movies ended up being totally different. But some of the effects we were laughing at, some of the bad CGI of like the mud spilling down. Yeah. So a little bit like Twister, it revolves around a couple. We've got Dr. Max Rockney, and his ex-wife, Dr. Laura Jordan. And he studies soil, and she's an archaeologist. And he's got his, they're like, they're kind of like Twister where they're, they're, they study tornadoes and they travel around the country. He's going up to Washington with his team because there's rumors of a big mudslide happening up there. And of course, no one believes them. No one believes them. And she's like, hey, like, say goodbye to your daughter. And, and they have a kid together and it's tough. And you can see there's still kind of sparks to the relationship. Yeah. Although I will say, like, usually in these movies when it's sort of like, oh, they're exes and they kind of like hate each other. But you can tell they still have chemistry, like you're rooting for them to get back together. I feel like usually it's not so hateful between the two of them. I- well, the rumor is they fucked while they were making it. Oh. And, and frequently, I had an acting teacher tell me once that I've t- you take these acting classes and people are insane in them. Oh, yeah. I took an acting class with a true lunatic yes. man. We, I know who you're talking wait, about. We wait, I think we talked guy. about this yes. before, yeah. So this is not that guy. This is a wholly separate lunatic. Actually, he was pretty good. His class was full of psychos who, like, somebody flat out was like, do people have, like, fuck on set? Like, more or less. And the guy was trying to be as professional as possible, warning people to not have sex with their co-stars. And he said, if you want to, a lot of times that will look good if you don't act on it. And if you hate your scene partner, sometimes that will look good. Yeah. Because it's it's the same tension if you hate them and you can't stand them or if you really like them and you can't act on it yeah so he, he's trying to give this good coded advice of like hey if you hate somebody still work with them you can still do good work and if you want to fuck them don't it's really stupid because he's like what will destroy it is you if people actually sleep together then you lose all that tension and then it just looks like you hate each other totally and i think he was right yeah and that happened in this movie between our leads tony watkins and faye campbell Tony Watkins, um, I think it's fair to call him Keanu Light. Yeah. Too handsome to be a believable doctor. For sure. He definitely just like has like, I guess, is it rude to call it stupid face? He's got stupid face, 100%. (laughs) He's a former BMX biker that they tried to make him an actor. He looks dumb as fuck and he's trying to do the scientific jargon and he can't get it right. And it's all like, I, I, I we didn't do research about mudslides, but I don't think there's a study of it. I don't think there it's a profession. 
I think he, so he's like, I'm, uh, I'm a soil sampleist. Well, and, and everybody's kind of making like diarrhea jokes and like he's got yeah. his, his crew a, a goofballs. It's like, tell him about the mud. I also, I didn't realize that he was a former BMX biker. Yeah. That explains why there's that really long bike scene. Yes. They're trying to cash in on him, like biking Whoa. through the mines yeah. and like doing, and doing stunts for no fucking reason. And cause he's got his daughter's little bike. Cause like he gives his daughter a bike and they all get trapped in this well, kind of a little bit like Dante's peak, except it's, it's almost like Dante's peak meets, um, Daylight, the Stallone movie where they're all trapped in the like Holland Tunnel. Ugh, I haven't seen it. You got to see Daylight. It, it will make it, it, it. It's the the healing movie we all need. <laughs> Viggo Mortensen's in it. Oh wow! Yeah, Ugh, I love Viggo. Um, and it kind of has a similar vibe where it's like they're people that are not they they're they're naysayers and they're like, well, you got us into this mess. It's also set in New Orleans. Sal Hershey. You take out your bingo cards and knock off 9-11. And now Sal Hershey, who's been in several Raj Tapes episodes, of course, Caller One, Blade of Urax, even The Bingo Game. So we've seen him in various eras. He's a little bit older here, but well cast. And he's trying his hardest to do like a Cajun accent. It's it's tough. He really, it winds up, it like veers into foghorn leghorn like pretty quickly yeah and then it kind of veers out of it to just become like it's unlike anything i've ever heard before it's like gobbledygook it's very hard to understand i thought there was something wrong with the tape yeah i was like fuck did the sound go out because he was doing a monologue about why drilling is important and it's the key to the community and how like if you know where the cash like where do you think the cash comes from Mardi Gras and he's going on and on about it and then he starts just saying yeah and I'm like fuck the tape is blown and yeah. then I I press play I was gonna fast forward but ev- all the other characters started chiming in and they sound normal they sound normal as we've established on this podcast before Sal Hershey kind of beats the own, his own drum I didn't plan on this becoming a Sal Hershey podcast he just keeps popping up almost like have you listened to um Roger Avery and Quentin Tarantino's video archives podcast no I haven't I feel like they're always talking about um Rod Steiger or George C Scott I feel like Sal Hershey has accidentally become this podcast George C Scott where I mean, I'm, I'm doing all his movies yeah He's got I've a, never a, yeah. heard of him but then I was reading about mudsliders and I was just sort of like I wound up in like a trivia like rabbit hole can I just say I appreciate you doing any research which <laughs> like you I told you about it and you're like I mean this is what's great about working with Jen she will go above and beyond I mean yeah I just love movie trivia so this is a movie like I hadn't even heard of so I was like I need to learn more about it and I was reading about Sal Hershey did you know that he was originally cast as the guy in the sixth sense that kills Bruce Willis in the beginning. Oh no shit. Yeah. And then he was fired. He and M. Night Shyamalan got in like a huge argument like on set. Yeah. And so he was just fired and thrown off set. And then they replaced him with, I think it's Donnie Wahlberg. Okay. Yeah. I think you're right. Which is like. And that makes sense. He probably freaked everybody out. Yeah. Very open about problems with story. He probably demanded. Oh, like, yeah. I'm sure he was like, don't. Make it a twist. Yeah. Like, make it obvious that he's dead now. And, I mean, it's a different time, but, like, 
he was also known for putting live rounds in weapons. Was he really? Yeah. So he would fire a couple live rounds to get everybody's blood pumping a little bit. And so you never know, knew what you got. I'm like, it had some excitement on the screen, you got to admit. Like, yeah. it's fucking dangerous and it's led to some tragedies. But Has he, he killed people? I mean, well, it's it's interesting that we he hasn't killed anybody, but he certainly has cases of abuse. He would not be around. Like, I've tried to track this guy down. His daughter is weirdly in this movie. He, she, uh, Montana Hershey... Um, plays Maggie Rockney, the uh, the daughter of uh, Doctor Rockney, and, like and kind of uses an excuse as like why he's showing up visiting his ex wife and his and his daughter who's raising him. And she's got spite against him. The rumors I heard were that her dad being on set was a huge mistake, and he anytime she did a good scene, he would get very upset. He would get jealous. They were in a like a huge competition as to who was Whoa. the better actor in the family. She's pretty fucked up. That's pretty messed up. Yeah, yeah. That's bad. Is that why it went so far over budget? Like he was just like... Yeah, he wouldn't come to set. Yeah. So this spun out of control, which is like why the effects really took a toll. Um, the mud looks bad. The mud looks really bad. And I was sort of just like, isn't it just mud? Like is it mud really... Easy. Do they even need CGI yeah. mud? Did it need to be fake mud? There's some miniature shit that looks pretty good. Yeah. I guess <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, it's okay if you thought it looked like shit. I'm trying to get the Are positives you about out the, of here. The gas station sequence. Yeah, when the gas station gets like, you can tell it's a miniature. Yeah, but it it does look better than the CGI. And there's a little bit, at least with miniatures, you're sort of like, there's an artistry yes. here. Like yeah, somebody some made craftsmanship. this. Yeah, but I was a little bit like, I don't know. Have you ever been to Cars Land at Disneyland? I have not, but tell me about it. <laughs> you know, Cars Land, it's just like a really fun little section of California Adventure where uh, everything is really designed to be very Southwestern, like Route 66 vibes. Okay. Um, and it's just like everything there is very cute. Mm. Um, and it felt like the gas station stuff, like all the miniature, like that's the, the problem town. with miniatures. Is yeah. It does feel a little bit like Disneyland. Totally. It's I was hard. like, this yeah. just looks like Disneyland is getting doused in like mud. Yeah. And which I think it was smart of them to make the diarrhea jokes at top of the movie because like, or maybe it's not because it gets it in your head and you're like, everything looks like it's getting washed away by just I, fucking total shit. I definitely wish they had not raised the specter of diarrhea <laughs> at all because I was sort of like, look, it's a movie called Mudsliders. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be mudslides. Like I, I'm not, I don't know. Like I was not in a headspace of diarrhea and then they kept mentioning it. And so now I was like, well, that's literally now all I can see. Yeah, the guy with the backward hats, Scoob, he's got two backward hats on. No one brings it up. It is never mentioned why he's got two backward hats on, one on top of each other. Like tr a true hat on hat is in yes. this movie. And he keeps bringing it up as and like being like, we're about to get down the poop patrol. Did you notice that at one point the hat underneath changed? Yes, it's a different hat. Yeah. It's a full, and very obvious. Did I notice? It's a tie-dye hat in the beginning of the movie. And then it is like a fluorescent green hat. It was crazy. They must have lost it and like just been like, eh, nobody will notice. I like, guess, yeah. It's probably this actor's choice to be like, and he's kind of the comic relief. Yeah. 
Um, that guy I've never seen since. And I'm sort of like, after seeing this performance, I understand why. I think I looked him up and he's like a grip and shit. Like, I think oh. he was a crew member that was like, I'm, I'm, this is my time to shine. He must have been. Uh, and again, this went over budget. People got replaced and dropped out. I think he was like the funniest guy on set that they were like, get in there, man. Throw another get him hat in the movie. on. Do you think that just like during prep or whatever, or just like day one, he like saw like a mud test and was just like, that looks like it came out of me. And they were like, get him in the Everybody's movie. Everybody's losing their shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it could have been that. It could have been a replacement. Yeah. You never know. Bad table read. It happens. I also, was this... So, okay, yeah, this was after Jurassic Park because he had like a very similar sort of like death on the toilet. Yeah. And is that why they had him saying so much of the shit stuff? I feel like, like, yeah. the irony to like, and he, they set him up in all these movies, the people who die, you're supposed to be a little happy they're dead. Like they're supposed to, even if it's part of the team, they need to fuck up in some way. Yeah. Of like, he, uh, Dr. Rockney was like, you've got to warn the National Guard. We're going to have a Category 6 mudslide. And he's like, I'm on it. But he's kind of a, a fuck-up stoner. And, like, he's been playing Game Boy. Yeah. Like, throughout the movie. With, like, sound fully on. Like, to the <laughs> point where it was sort of like, did you, like, amp up the sound? Like, you sort did of, like, Jerry rigged your own yes. Game Boy? <laughs> Did the Foley artists like not, they just have a fucking crazy loud, so a prediction of things to come because everybody's got fucking, they're raw dogging, no headphones. Yeah. Post-pandemic. Post-pandemic, people are just out with their audio. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'll watch this insane video on YouTube, full volume at a cafe. I had a very embarrassing moment the other day where um, I, oh boy, here I go. I've been listening to the Entourage podcast. Yes. Do <laughs> tell me. I, okay, we got to stick a pin in what happened. Like, I need to know the details. Is it hosted by people involved in the show at all? Okay, okay. you're gonna have to literally cut me off because there's. I could talk about this for hours. I'm going to try to just explain okay. it succinctly. Anyway, this is all to say that I have become obsessed with this podcast, like sort of ironically, because I'm just kind of like I need to see how it ends because it feels like the wheels are falling off. But then I was walking my dog and I didn't realize that my phone hadn't paired to my headphones. And I was just walking <laughs> around playing this entourage podcast. And I was so embarrassed. But yes, it's a rewatch podcast with Kevin Connolly, Kevin Dillon, and Doug Ellen. Great. Um, and they've had Jeremy Piven on the show. They've had Jerry Ferraro, who plays Turtle. And they've had, they just got Adrian Grenier, who played Vince. That was like mm, a big deal for them. for them. Yeah. Um, so busy. But the beginning, he's so busy. <laughs> The beginning of the podcast, when they started it early pandemic, it was really interesting because they were coming at it from this place of like, you know, this show was really popular. It was really successful. And then by the end of its run, people had kind of turned on it culturally. And they were sort of like, this show is bad. It represents like everything that's bad about our culture. And then the movie did really badly. And right. so they were coming at it sort of humbly to be like, now we're going to rewatch Entourage and sort of talk about it and through the lens of today. Bit, right? And now it's back. And then the second their podcast became successful, they instantly were just like, fuck you. Entourage is fucking awesome. And if you think it sucks, like you're a bitch. Like they just instantly Holy went shit. back to like. <laughs> Are they mad about the, the like rock sports show that's basically Entourage? No, they like it because okay. that it was created by this guy, Rob Weiss, who was like, he wrote on Entourage and he He's like a good friend of Doug Ellen's. And so 
Okay. They sort of support it. Although then Doug at one point talked about how he's never seen anything that the rock has ever been in. And we were, and I was like, so you never watched a single episode of your like best friends show that he was in. I used to refer to succession as uh, entourage for people who read books. I do. I think that's it's accurate. It's a little bit of the same formula. It's not that far off. It really is. People, it's like, it's definitely the Jeremy Piven side of entourage is oh, yeah. succession. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't gotten busted listening to anything, though I did have a truly horrific experience bringing out my iPad at a cafe and opening the web browser. And I did have porn playing. No! Which is a true, like like an actual nightmare scenario. And did I quickly you? shut it down. Yeah. And put it back in my backpack. And then I stood up and left. That I feel like is the move. Did like, did you clock people noticing? One person noticed because it was someone who knew me. Oh. Yeah, to make it even worse. Some like... I said, <laughs> they were at a table and I sat down to be like, hey, what's up, man? And I took out, unzipped and opened it up. And it's like, Ugh! and then just closed it, put it back, stood up, just left. Oh, my God. I haven't run into him again. So we've never talked about wow. it. Wow. He probably is no longer with us. He probably was like... <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. I mean, that's that's tough. Let's talk about. Dr. Laura Jordan, who kind of warns her, she warns the evil driller played by Sal Hershey. She's like, you shouldn't be drilling here. It could lead to a mudslide. And she's got to convince her ex-husband. It's like, I think something bad is happening here. This is Faye Campbell. She's notorious because she gave a hot shot to an actor who we've had on the show before. She was in roller disco days. She, uh, supposedly injected Kelly Sullivan with a speedball that, that, that OD'd her. What? Um, it was all under mysterious circumstances because they, they had kind of a, another sort of love triangle thing going on and everybody's like, was it done on purpose? Or So there's some, there's some weird history on the, the background. And again, she and Tony Watkins hooked up during this and they fucking despised each other. Yeah. And you can tell that they're not doing any of their scenes together. Yeah, totally. They're shot completely separately. They could not find a good double for Tony Watkins, the back of his head. No, they really couldn't, which was sort of weird. I was like, it's it's just regular hair. Yeah. Like you could put a fucking wig on a stick. Yeah. It was very strange. It was also like anytime, did you notice like when they kissed, like it was truly just like a different person that she was kissing. It's a different person and she is going fucking crazy on the other person. Like it, so it goes from the scenes of utter disgust to the most overworked mouth, like make out close-ups yeah. of like tongue out of the mouth where I talked to a, um, an intimacy coordinator Oh. And I was asking her about yeah. it because it's a pretty fascinating job. Totally. And it's a recent development in the post Me Too era of like, we need intimacy coordinators on these sets to make sure everybody understands what's going to happen. And she took the job very seriously, more about the artistry of how the, the sex scenes are going to look on camera. Yeah. So she would be like, well, you can't kiss like a normal kiss. Don't people know that? You got to turn your head sideways. You got to keep your mouth open. It's got to be different. Otherwise, it's going to look like shit. Whoa. 
And so she had all these theories on. Like it was way more than just like making people comfortable. It was all about like it was it was it was like talking to a food photographer or something. That's amazing. Have like, you ever you had to kiss anyone? Cream cheese? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had to kiss anyone on camera? Oh, a bunch of people, yeah. It's, it's the it's, worst. It's, calm. it's never just cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's always weird. It's all like I've had to kiss people who who like have given me long monologues of like, so I've never done this before. Um, you're the first person I'm actually kissing. So, and I've asked about it and I've been told like, these are the things you do. I'm like, cool, whatever you feel comfortable. And then immediately like, um, oh my God, I really kissed you. Um, weird. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was that. <laughs> I was like talking to uh, this guy who's like playing my boyfriend and we were going to do a scene where we had to kiss and we were just like sitting around beforehand and I was just like, it was one of those moments where, you know, when you're just used to being around funny people mm -hmm. and then you just try to joke around with someone with who's not funny. Yeah, yeah. With a real actor. That's when you feel like, I guess I'm not an actor. I'm a totally, comedy. Yeah. I'm something. like a freak, yeah. I guess. Like you think of me as a freak, but I was talking to him and I was just like, it's funny. I, I was like, you know, I have been with my, at the time, fiance, now husband. I was like, we've been together since we were 19. And so like. I've only kissed like one other person, like as part of a thing, <laughs> uh, like it was part of a show. And I was just like, wouldn't it just be so funny if like we go to kiss on, on set and like the way I kiss is just like so fucked up and yeah, weird. <laughs> and he was like, what? And I was like, you know, just like, wouldn't it be so funny? Yeah. I've only, I've only been <laughs> only kissing this one, one person. person. We have this weird, uh, very, 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 very narrow, we're just like so lucky yeah. we found each other. Yeah. We're the only two freaks that kiss this that way. That kiss like pressing uh, like fucking teeth to teeth. Yeah. Ooh, you start yeah. with teeth contact. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's like, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> it was horrifying. They at one point we would like be improvising and stuff and someone had to come in and remind him that he was my boyfriend. And so he liked me because I was like, he thinks he just like. I remember you guys are in love. And yeah. Um, so His maybe stand next was to always each other. like, what are you talking about? <laughs> the conversation before I, I had to kiss somebody who was friends with an ex-girlfriend of mine. And oh, so no. she was like, don't worry. I called her and she's okay. And oh, I explained no. like we were doing this and I was like, <laughs> leave me out of this. I've had oh, people talk at like, ask me out afterward, which no. is also very unprofessional. Oh yeah. Of, that's like, not good. Yeah, back in the MySpace era. No. <laughs> yeah, to, to, to fully do <laughs> Hey, really good job. Um, <laughs> never normal. It's always bad. It's always bad. Um, so I do empathize with them for having to kiss, like figure out a way to kiss on camera when they hate yeah, each other. And kudos to her for making it work with whoever they brought in. Yeah. Maybe it was like her real boyfriend or like... Maybe, maybe yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if she's trying to make Tony Watkins jealous oh. um, of the, like uh, you think, like, because like this is what you're missing out on type thing yeah and again you would think maybe that tension would lead to something that really pops on screen it doesn't it doesn't it's true it can either go one way or the other uh this is written by peter raposo who tried to have his name taken off he's like speaking of 9-11 he was like a hardcore like he tried to outdo the tv show 24 he got into tv after this 
and he tried, it was like agent of the dark side, which I believe it was a direct quote from Dick Cheney. Like we have to go over to the dark. He was like, it's like this oh, super Jack Bauer who like isn't no part of any agency and he's willing to do any fucked up shit, but it was very unappealing of seeing somebody like torture and murder his way through answers. So it didn't, it didn't take off as he had hoped, wow. but he had a much darker view on this, um, where he thought it, he wanted it to be like eco-terrorists doing it because he's got a little bit of a different perspective. Ian Dunn smartly made it just like corporate greed causing the mudslide. Totally. It shifts pretty dramatically when they get stuck. So kind of what happens is they warn everybody about the town is going to get a fucking huge... The, the mud is going to wipe the town off the face of the map. And this yeah. is like a small town on the outskirts of New Orleans. And like Dr. Jordan is a professor at Tulane. And this um, was the first, that's like the first poop joke that you get mm, where that guy Scoob, it's Scoob, right? I think so. Yeah. Where he's just like, it's going to be like me after Taco Bell, which is just like, I don't know. It felt sponsored or something. Yeah, There were a couple of <laughs> things. And it's like, this is how they want their product. And he keeps making, he's like, <laughs> like they want their product to be associated because he keeps getting real specific about also like drinking Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Yeah. He's like, this mudslide's going to move through here faster than my Dunkin' Donuts through me. Wait, yeah, I didn't the even really think coffee. about that. Everything he said, so many products, but they yes. were all in like They're such all a negative context. Huge contest. negative content. And he gets really specific. Because this was also the era where instead of giving characters a personality, and this, I guess the era never ended. It's like, you know what? This guy's really into coffee or they love having cocktails. Yeah, they have one thing. Yeah. Dr. Rockney is totally like that. It's like, after this, martinis on me. Yeah. (laughs) Which I felt like was a missed opportunity because there's a drink called a mudslide, isn't there? Yeah, that's they do have that one joke that the bad guy says, like, only mudslide coming through here is at the local tavern. And then he's immediately killed by mud. Oh, yeah. He, and that's like, and that's when they know they're fucked because they're trapped underground and he's like, and this after like, there's been a fucking mudslide already. It's like, no, they're already, you're trapped here because of mudslide. He's yeah. like, they're, and they're talking about mudslide aftershocks, which is not, does not exist. No, not at all. Yeah. There's going to be secondary mudslides. We need to barricade these walls. We need to set up some sort of impact protection, secondary tertiary mudslides. And he's got like a device. Dr. Rockney has his like f- f- soil like gauge detector, which seems fully bunk science. Yeah. Sal Hershey plays Baxter Spinelli of Spinelli Construction, who is like drilling and just, I guess, wreaking havoc on the environment which Dr. Jordan is trying to protect. She's there with her team of scientists and, of course, her daughter for some reason. Yeah. Who's like, yeah, let's bring my kid to the excavation site. That was wild. What was the justification? It was like she was doing a paper for school or something. Yeah, she's like, and I'm doing my school paper. And I why sell her? She's dirt. freaked out by his daughter because she's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> she's really bad. Now, I got to, like, 
she's acting under distress and I hate fucking talking shit about a kid. Like, but whatever, she's an adult now. Like she's not a kid anymore. <laughs> she also, I think I looked her up on Instagram and she has like a really, she seems to live like a great life. She has like a rescue, like She's farm. like very into like rescue farm animals where yeah. it's like, these are my goats. And she like feeds them and shit on camera. I DM'd her. I fucking tried really? to get like some info about the no response. Wow. Um, I mean, she probably doesn't like to talk about. No. Yeah. She took classes at UCB. Really? Yeah. Did you, did you ever teach her? No, I only found out from Will Hines told me, he was like, I was talking to him about this movie and he was like, yeah, I think I had her in class. She was bad. Yeah. I mean, of course, of course. I mean, she's trying to do a late career swing into like, you know what? I just want to do funny stuff. Uh, that makes me a little bit sad because I was sort of like, oh, good. Like she got out of the rat race, you know, like no, the all, everybody's so always trying, yeah, to, get always trying to get back in where it's like even the farm, like she because I did a deep dive on her videos on Instagram where it was like she's clearly trying to turn the like saving the sheep and the goats into like a, a more marketable like oh personality rehab type thing. Totally. Yeah. Um, it's and, like, yeah, it'll become like a luxury, like glamping yeah, site. I'm going to be buying crystals from there or yeah. something like they're If I keep watching and now my fucking feed is all fucked up. I'm getting like all the, like <laughs> all her shit in there. <laughs> That's no good. Yeah. There's no coming back from that. You can't undo that on your feed. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, next season of this show, maybe I'll I'll try, I'll get her on. That would be amazing. I mean, I honestly would love to hear like what it was like having Sal Hershey in her life because he seems like a monster. And I want to know what the fuck they dropped her in, like, because it's not real mud. And like she, there's like this harrowing rescue of her where like she's getting sucked up in like a whatever the quicksand equivalent is of yeah. like a mud pit. They called it like like a mud whirlpool or something at one it's point. It's a mud whirlpool and it's full of the bodies of like these other miners who have already... So she's there with all these like fucking bones and stuff. And, and they try to make it look as though the bones are pulling her in. And it's clearly somebody just pulling them down. Yeah. But it's like this disgusting substance. It looks like tar, whatever the fuck they use. Like, I feel bad for her. It really was so crazy to see the lengths that they went to to make the mud mm -hmm. because I really was just like surely like there are like mud baths right. and stuff it's like and it's kind of good for your skin yeah. and like like you would think if you want to get covered in anything you would want it to be mud yeah but, but this looked like plastic yeah. like, it almost looked like uh like Nickelodeon slime a it little bit it looked a lot like yeah but like gack. brown yeah it was like brown gack because it was chunky we're talking parts. about the product the 90s product gack not the drug Oh, is Gak a drug? I think so. I think wow. that's slang. actually yeah. That sounds. Familiar. I think it's slang for for something. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like I bet fucking Faye Campbell right? knows. Yeah. Faye Campbell's doing Gak out there. Out there, Faye Campbell's. Out, she's she's had a couple run-ins with Gak. Faye Campbell, unfortunately, no longer with us. Oh whoa! I don't. I think I shouldn't put that out there. I don't. I don't know, but I assume. I feel like her obituary popped up oh, somewhere along the lines during the pandemic. 
Oh, oh, a pandemic death. Yeah, the I thought the bike shit was kind of cool, um, even though it didn't really make sense. So they're all stuck in this um, like underground uh, digging site mine pit that is sort of shared between the archaeologist and then the drillers for Spinelli, and they're at odds underground, buried by mud. And they're all stressed out about all the future mud shit. The team is outside. It's actually the team, and it's also Dr. Jordan, which is kind of cool. Like, And I think probably smart that they separated the two actors. Yeah. I feel like originally in the script, they were supposed to be stuck in there together. Instead, it did, it's the yeah. father and the daughter, and the ex-wife is outside. Totally. Because it felt very slapped on. Like, they kept trying to imply that the people outside were also in danger of the mud, like that the mudslides were going to continue happening just sort of like everywhere. And it was a little bit like, I don't understand how that would have worked. And then they, they bring in like the national guard shows up and to add tension. They're like, well, they're sitting on a gas leak down there. That whole minefield is going to fucking blow like a nuclear bomb. And they're like, the only way we can stop it is if we blow it. Did you, by the way, did you see that the guy, not the main National Guard guy, but the guy like that had just like one other line like behind him. Did you realize that was John Slattery from Mad Men? Really? Yeah. Oh, it's so hard to recognize him with dark hair. I know. It was crazy. And his hair was like really long too, which yeah. was very confusing because I was like, you're in the military. Yeah, you're in the military. Did they let you just like have a ponytail? Yeah. Just like very long, silky ponytail. Yeah, it was like, very weird. Just but yeah, throwing Slattery. anybody in a like camo uniform. So, like, they, they're going to blow up, and, and the, uh, the National Guardsman is like, I'm sorry, ma'am, your daughter's already dead. And she's like, no, they're in there. We, and the whole team is coming together of like, we got to figure out a way to rescue them. Scoob is dead at this point. Um, he got, in the initial mudslide, he got washed away when he didn't warn anybody. But they have other, like, there's the guy in the Hawaiian shirt. There's the girl who's, like, they all call Cat Lady. Oh, and yeah. she's got her cat, and, but she's, like, a really important member of the team. And these fucking cats this lady has, it's like, how much tranquilizer did they put in these things? I was like, well, that's a fake cat. Yeah. And then you're like, no, that is real. And they... Sh- they like do like a f- comedy close up of the cat's face, and it is like it looks like fucking Faye Campbell after a night of doing gack. It really was, honestly, really alarming because it was just like you didn't care that the mud looked so fake, but you were weirdly, demand a real cat. Yeah, you need a real cat, even though it's just laying there. And it's, it's also like, like get a dog. Like, yeah. you can train. You can train a dog to just sit in the scene. Like, what the fuck? Like, you're getting a cat. They get this huge furry cat. I was, was like, there's no way that's real. That she is flopping around herself as though it's like a feather boa. It was wild. Do you think that was like her personal cat? Like, was that Clearly actually- they gave everybody a lot of leeway to like build their characters. For sure. Which seemed extremely prop heavy. Yeah. I was even curious. Like, there didn't seem to be lenses in her glasses. This no. is like a fucking, like a Groundlings character that they <laughs> threw into this. It really was very crazy. That, I, she was very much like uh, indicative of the push-pull between like the hard mm-hmm. drama and just sort of like and the just, more like, commercial. Light and, yeah. like, and getting them out. So, But there is a ticking time bomb of like the military wants to blow up this mine site so it doesn't like explode all of Louisiana. They need to get in touch and like, 
they're tr- kind of picking up. They they know there's like they have some connection to uh, Doctor Rockney's like soilometer, and they're like the soilometer is still active, <laughs> and he finds that there's one loose part of the soil that like it's dangerous, but he can make it, and he's got to use his daughter's BMX bike that he gifted her. That seemed like a completely insane choice. They're roaming the countryside. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to let's stop by Louisiana and I can give my 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 daughter a bike for her birthday. Let's get her a tiny stunt BMX bike. It was it was so wild. It's also like, you know how it's the the line between like good writing and bad writing is so thin. Yeah. Where it's just like, yeah, like in theory, that's such a good move like you set up something in the beginning that's going to become like so useful at the very end and you're like oh yes like he has the bike like he can use that but this truly was just like it felt like we literally stopped the movie and just like people turned to camera to be like we're gonna need a bike later and so we're gonna give her a bike now Oh shit, we better put this bike or like like that's a reshoot where they give her the bike and then it becomes like Legend of the Hidden Temple where he goes through this old mine on the bike and it's, and it's like all these obstacles are in his way that like have nothing to do with the mud or anything. Totally. It's I like, was like, where yeah. are those obstacles like coming from? It like there were puzzles like and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so, but he does make it out and they, the it, like just as the, the National Guardsman is going to like slam the rocket launch button. Like what, what like what the fuck? Like, they don't have detonators hooked up to the site. They're going to fire fucking rockets that they have, like, targeted at. And they're and he, like, gets, pulls up the bike. And they're like, it's Max! Because he's Dr. Max. It's Max! And he's got his bike. And he's all fucking, like, covered in mud or whatever the fuck they're using. The plastic paint. That, yeah. That. And he's like, they're alive. They're down there. And then they get a reunion of, like, the family again. And then a close-up of dr jordan kissing whoever this other fucking guy is yeah as and that's like they end on like a little bit like die hard where it's like oh the family's back together and they're make and so we get this this young actress and her the woman playing her mom kissing the back of somebody who we don't see their face yeah and like really grabbing the back of the head and like tongues wagging and the kid is there it's the not like there. it's not like a family friendly kiss and it's, they include they go out of their way to include the shot of the kid like watching and smiling yeah and being and like, like yeah. i like this she like her parents are back together kind of and she's all yeah. fucking pumped even though like she's got like one leg kind of wrapped around him like she's fucking a dog humping him kind of yeah there was a lot of thrusting but yeah we uh, we finished it and it was like it's a satisfying yeah. The good guys won. They survived the mudslide. It's always kind of confusing as to like where do we go from here? I mean, well, it's that's like, what was so yeah. confusing. I like I we the whole had, genre. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we didn't get a chance to talk about this. Um, but I definitely was very confused. Cause like the daughter, like when like as they're walking away, they kind of like do like that little close up of like she like has like she brought mud back with her and i was like is that setting up like a sequel or something like because it's they did they touch on like because of the drilling this is some sort of bizarre mud that they have and he's like i haven't seen mud like this maybe that's why it was like gack ish like they were trying to really trying to separate it from normal mud yeah Yeah, okay maybe um 
did they need to do that? <laughs> I feel like no. we're doing serious work for the movie. I think they just had shitty props. A hundred percent. I'm also like the ecological like devastation of just like dumping that much brown plastic goop into like wherever they were shooting. Here's another thing about that last shot of her holding the mud. Why kiss the mud? Yeah, why kiss why the mud? Why kiss the mud? And why have so she sees so she sees her parents going at it. Then she takes out this handful of mud, smiles, and then gives it a big kiss as though like and then pulls up as though she just gave somebody a fucking rim job. And, and it's like, what the fuck? And it's like, yeah. And then it's like, wait, but this is fucked up mud. I don't yeah. like I don't get it. So you're right to be confused. I don't know if there's a franchise here. If they were like, okay, they did set up. They traveled the country looking for mudslides. Yeah, um, and that yeah, the soilometer or whatever. It was like it had never seen like readings this high. And then they mentioned like, well, there was that one time, but that must yeah. have been just a fluke, or was it? Yeah, and it was in like where was it? It was like somewhere, like very. It was like somewhere in China or something. Yeah, it, it was felt like, like Jakarta it was very, or like yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it was like it's gonna be a they're real trying to make it more exotic yeah. yeah it's like this is a worldwide thing we're not just like here in the states totally like we hunt mudslides everywhere and they're fu- you think these are a mudslide wait till we go to asia yeah and i won't be so, like yeah if they did so i'll try to track it down if they ever did a sequel but i mean i wonder if they even like even if they just wrote one or they like, definitely didn't outline. get this cat cast back which i would love to see somebody else taking a crack at dr rockney that would be amazing i mean it would be like really fun honestly to do a remake of this it's like a little like a little more tongue-in-cheek yeah you play up kind of make it more of a spoof yeah and less of a like try you, why compete with twister exactly it's just like that's you know twister's lightning in a bottle mm-hmm. um well if i find the script i'll have you on we can talk if like i find any stuff or vice versa yeah i mean i'm gonna go pretty dogged yeah (laughs) i'm gonna go to the wga library (laughs) if they have it i mean those are the people like i'm I'm putting feelers out there and any listeners if you although i guess isn't peter raposo he's like really anti-union actually so he might not even be in the wga i wouldn't be surprised if he is just like he might be one of those writers who's off in china just like writing like like anti like american propaganda films now yeah Uh, that that sounds about right yeah um uh well uh thanks jen thank you so much for having me thank you for exposing me to this wonderful movie i'm pleasure (laughs) and that's it for this season of the rotch tapes thanks so much to jen d'angelo for being on the show if you enjoy the podcast pass them around the whole season's out Don't treat it like a dirty magazine you found in the woods and poke it with a stick. Send it off to somebody you think you would like it. I gotta scour the countryside looking for new tapes. So maybe I'll see you in a town near you. Until next season, if there is one. I'm Ben Rogers signing off here at the Raj Tapes. If you get cut off by a van, don't get mad. It's probably me. Thanks for listening.